as featured on the eBay for Business podcast. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. Yeah, fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. one mm-hmm. 833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's uh, Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson. Hello there, your hosts for the Selling on eBay radio show. It's all about having, uh, well, making your eBay business more fun and maybe a bit more profitable at the same time. Sherry's a full-time eBay seller based over in Colorado, joined by various teenagers and uh, doggies in her basement. That's right, all the fun ones. Philip started occasional selling on eBay in 1999. I wonder if that's when you had to use HTML to have pictures. Yes, and that's good. Oh, really? Okay. So it attracted all you techie guys like yourself. He went full time mm-hmm. over 13 years ago selling professional electronics on eBay, mostly so he doesn't have to chat yeah. and share emojis with consumers because he doesn't use emojis. Correct. Okay, and that's the uh, the show. You can find out more about us and what we do at sellsellsell.online. That's our little website. That's sellsellsell.online. And uh, coming up in today's program, we have... Is eBay open in Las Vegas now dead in the water? Might be. And uh, eBay is uh, doing a new page layout. Is this uh, good news for sellers? eBay... Oh, <laughs> Sorry, it gives the green light to AI handling your calls. Please don't let them answer. I know you like your AI. And oh, uh, oh yes, the uh, cyber stalking case gets uh, coverage on the 60 Minutes TV show. And shipping insurance, is it a waste of time and money? I've got something to say about that. Yeah, that's your bugbear. And uh, we get a free plug thanks to the eBay podcast. And we ask ourselves, what great ideas were announced by eBay with a huge fanfare that quietly disappeared with uh, no further mention? All right, so let's move on. Start off with the uh, eBay news. And uh, things changed up this week uh, for uh, you buyers using the mobile app. Yeah, right? yeah. Buyers using the app can see more photos. There's a layout change. And this is based a lot on feedback from eBay sellers and buyers. So the product managers put that, took that information. And now when you are on the app, and you see the photo, you see all the thumbnails for the other photos underneath it. Mm-hmm. And what other changes are there on there? You can also search. Oh, no, never mind. That's just something somebody wanted. Anyway, uh, this is nice just showing buyers the thumbnails because now they can see that there are more pictures, mm-hmm. more obviously and click on them. Very good. Also, another thing that's uh, underway as a change, and I guess they're testing this because I've not seen this across the board, but it's popped up a few times, and this is running a Buy It Now in parallel with an auction. So they'll take bids on an item, and the price will go up, but there's a Buy It Now that remains throughout the bidding process. Oh, Philip, I have something to say about that. Was the item a cell phone? Yes. With cell phones, the buy it now has always stayed until the bidding reached at least half of the buy it now price. I don't know if 
that's why that one was still there. That could well be it, because I was buying some <laughs> cell phones to mess around um, doing some stuff at this end for our, our, our little show here. That would explain it. And that also yeah. was the other question I had, was at what point does the buy it now go away? It seems strange to have a different format that obviously confused me, but that's not difficult to do. Um, but there you are. So it's not testing. You think that's just the way it works with phones? Well, that occurred to me about five minutes before we <laughs> met up today. And when I when eBay had the eBay Education Specialist Program yes. years ago, and I was in that, they provided us with the uh, slideshows to teach the class and all mm -hmm. the material. So one of the slides was about the fact that the Buy It Now will disappear once you have a bid, unless it's a cell phone, and then it'll stay until the bidding reaches half. There you go. All right, very good. Also, uh, staff changes at eBay land? Well, the chief accounting officer left or is leaving as of March 31st. It's a mystery. It seems kind of <laughs> abrupt. I, I, I'm often curious as to where these people go, whether there's a company that's hiring ex-eBay people. So I quite often will look at their LinkedIn page if some announcements are made, because sometimes they'll say, oh, I've got a nice new job across the street, and oh, that's yeah. interesting. And uh, he hadn't updated it, so maybe it was a surprise to him that he was moving on. Uh, usually these guys are pretty good about getting these things updated, but uh, in this particular case, uh, it seemed a bit of a mystery. But uh, there were some people speculating that... Maybe he took the fall for what was seen to be a slightly botched-up acquisition of that uh, uh, trading card company oh. with all the union stuff that they perhaps got themselves into oh. they weren't expecting to. But I don't know if that's true or not. It's just people were commenting. But people tend to comment about all sorts of stuff. So Yeah. We have no further insight Mysterious. into that one. <laughs> also... Other uh, than... Uh, oh, sorry, that Rebecca Spencer is now being promoted and taking that job. Oh, Okay. Very good. And um, another change that I've also noticed, and I've seen comments on this one, I don't know if it's a test or whether it's the way forward, but um, I, I've seen that listings on the page are now being uh, truncated. So you get a first few lines of the listing, and then you have to click a button. It says show more. And that, of course, brings up all those pesky ads and uh, promoted listing carousels and stuff further up the page and above the fold. Uh, and, and get rid of the pesky uh, listing text that you and I write and would like people to read. That's obviously less important than the promoted listing ads that now take its place. So I'm not sure if that's a good move for sellers. I feel it's probably not, but uh, we'll that's see how scary. that one happens. Yeah. Uh, and that's on the desktop? That's definitely desktop because that's what I use, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like, and I fairness, when they had the old HTTPS thing where if you didn't use HTTPS, it kind of hid your... Uh, listing behind a, another click-through. It's kind of a bit like that, really, but uh, without good reason, in my view. Yeah, other than generating more income mm -hmm. for eBay. And other news, uh, are you still doing yes. your international shipping using the new scheme? Yes, I am. It says in care of, and then it's going to Illinois. So that's mm -hmm. how I know that I had another international sale today. Oh. Uh, but eBay made their official announcement, sending messages. Did you get that? I uh, keep getting one saying, it's coming soon. Okay. Um, oh, so maybe just, I just got Just teasing what... me and warming me up to the uh, the big transition. I'm not in a hurry. I'm doing okay as it is. Okay. And a bit nervous about doing damage by testing out the new thing. But ultimately, I, I may go with it. 
Oh, I I'd like to go with it in it. certain situations. I think we've discussed it before, but um, uh, we'll see. Well, they've officially uh, sent out messaging that the limit is twenty five hundred dollars, mm -hmm. which really opens things up. I, I think this is this is something I'm really excited about. Okay, good. I really, uh, I'm sure nobody can stand international returns and issues, and for that to go away but still have the international sales is pretty cool. Okay, good. So that's good news <laughs> from you there. Uh, we, we teased at the beginning of this eBay open situation. In the past, live events have been in Las Vegas. I think the sort of third week in July is pretty typical. And normally they announce, I think probably around about the first week in March. Um, and probably kind of teased it a bit before that. So you kind of know that you've got to allocate some money to the aircraft spend or some hotel budget or whatever. It's been uh, unusually quiet this year, particularly if it's regarding a live event. You know, we're here getting on towards the end of March and no announcement yet. And I'm thinking, does that mean that a live event in Las Vegas is off because they would have announced it by now if it was on? Or does it mean that it will be in October when they've been holding their virtual or as you open. say we could be talking about i think last week in september was i think the last couple of years oh september okay. um that's right that's but if what I meant. they are doing it in september then is that not a more expensive time to get at las vegas I, I i feel las vegas in july might be their lowest season <laughs> Probably because it's 119 exactly. degrees in July. Um, so my gut says Las Vegas is off at this point. It's certainly Ugh. in the form of a 2,000-person event. Now, it could be, I suppose, one of a multi-location event uh, in the fall, but uh, I'm just guessing. I have, no, I have no information other than the lack of anything being said by eBay to conclude that uh, a full-blown eBay open in July in Las Vegas seems to me improbable just from a timing point of view at this uh, this stage. If you know more, you can get in touch. You can leave us voicemail, one eight three three ebay 723 is the number. All right, and uh, are you into selling sneakers? Well, I, here and there, but eBay is teasing a new listing flow for sneakers, but it's for specific brands. I don't ah, know which. Okay. I don't think they've, I don't know if they've disclosed that yet. And it's going to, is it AI driven? Maybe because it's going to be filling in certain things for you automatically. Mm -hmm. I got the I impression wonder... talking, having there was an interview with a chap on the eBay podcast the other day talking about this. And I got the impression that it was driven by the photo and that would then, it would then begin to fill in things based upon it recognizing the photo. I could be completely wrong oh about that. Oh my gosh, that would be nice. And it would make sense because obviously, you know, there's a limited repertoire of these sneaker things and it should be able to pick the right one out of the catalog based upon a clear photo and then yeah. populate everything from then on. It would make sense. But then the other day, recent, more recently, they said, oh, this is not just for sneakers. This is our sort of pilot for the next generation of the cross-platform listing tool. So then I thought, okay, well maybe it's not just like... Cross-platform? Who said that? Oh, that's the Project Helix, the new listing tool, the the, the, the new web-based thing uh, that's consistent so across... it's not eBay. It's the eBay list. It's the next generation, they're, they're saying, of the, the new listing tool, which is the web and the mobile thing. And the idea is that they, they develop a, a single listing tool that works on... Um, you know, desktop, uh, Mac, PC, 
Android, Apple, whatever, and they just now have I one understand. set of code, one process, one set of customer support training documents. That's what they're trying to do and have done. Now I get it. That's what you meant by multi-platform. Yes. I thought you meant selling platforms and I got no, confused. No. Okay. Uh, eBay's so internal eBay's... name was Project Helix for that, if you hear that. Got it. Quite yes. out. That's what... But they seem to think this is a, a, the pilot for, for the next generation of that. They also said it looked like you, if you had a pair of sneakers you could photograph, uh, you could begin to test that out. So maybe I'll... Uh, I'll have a go at that and just, I'm not going to sell anything, but uh, I might have a go and see if I, how I get on with making a listing. It'll be a good experience for me to use a mobile device in some practical way. Yeah, so you have some are. sneakers? I, well, I could probably find some somewhere. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, so there we are. Uh, so that's the uh, the teasing a new listing flow for sneakers. Uh, also, oh, they uh, become apparent this week that eBay has green-lighted, or green-lit, is that the right word of say, way of saying it? Uh, a revamp of their telephone support system. It's going to be based on AI, your friend, oh, uh, Sherry. Oh, no. I don't want to talk to any of those uh, non-humans. And this is uh, going I to don't. hopefully be, I, I, I think, uh, the way they, they triage and answer calls and try and route you to the right department or give you answers over the phone. Oh, Personally, my Personally, I have pretty good luck. All I do is the, the call me button thing. On the site, it says, contact right. us. I say, call me. And they might ask you for a clue as to what it is you want to discuss. Is it buying? Is it selling? Is it not received? Not as described? That sort of thing. Yeah. Hit the call me. Phone rings about 10 seconds later. And uh, bingo. Does everybody get that? I mean, I do. But does, does um, everybody have it that way? Well, I think there's various, various layers of this thing. Certainly, there's the concierge uh, level, which is... A lot of people are on now. It started off as the people that were on like the $300 a month subscription. And then they said anyone who turned up like at an eBay open event or some kind of pay event yes, got, got, got entered in. You and I got it then. And I think now, if presumably, if you spend a certain amount of money or sell a certain amount of stuff, you get it. Um, it does seem to bypass the good folks in the Philippines, uh, particularly if you call during the day. And um, so there we are. Perhaps they're trying to front end that with a bit of bit of AI. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. It's early days yet, but that's their direction of travel on that. Well, if we thought that uh, trying to communicate with someone who English is their second language was difficult, I wonder how it's going to be to communicate with someone who doesn't have a body. You never know. Might be better. <laughs> okay. We'll see. All right. And uh, social media this week? Oh, yeah. eBay's pushing sellers to promote listings on social media. I have it on one of the accounts that I manage where it said it invited um, to use their new social media page, which I didn't do because that one is not – it's an account. And this I'm is a prompt that's coming account. up at some point, maybe when you go to Seller Hub or something. It says, yes. do you want to set up your social media now, something like that? Yeah, and I'm, it sounds good if you like to share your listings on social mm -hmm. media. Um, then you can create, you know, choose photos and choose their layout and then have it send it out to multiple social media outlets. So that mm -hmm. does sound really good. It doesn't, it's not something that works for me. I don't mm. share my listings with social media. I just sell to. I, I just am not connected with the buyers through social media. I'm more connected to eBay sellers. Right. 
So look out for that prompt. Uh, maybe that's your kind of thing. Or from eBay's point of view, it makes perfect sense because oh, social yeah. media is free advertising. I mean, Google doesn't yeah. advertise for free. You know, you got to pay them to to showcase your stuff. Whereas right. if someone's posting it all to Facebook, that's free for the most part. Uh, so they get very excited by that. So it would make sense to eBay. And, and if you have the, the network of people, I mean, good to you as well. Yeah. All right. And also, Sherry, you, you kind of uh, uh, put me in touch with uh, this thing on 60 Minutes that I would have otherwise have missed. Yeah, that's because it alarmed one of our um, listeners. Yes. Because he's like, tell Philip, you know, to watch out. And I'm like, it, it's not eBay who did it. It's the former person, you know. Charge potential. So they did uh, kind of a, a summary piece on the background and current status of the cyber stalking case. I thought it was quite a good summary. They'd obviously put some time into writing and researching this because it's a complicated issue. I mean, the the complaint is 120 something pages long. I mean, it's not not a brief thing to summarize. I thought they did a pretty fair job on it. Yeah, but I thought, well, you know, just by his response, he was thinking like eBay was like this and it's eBay is a culture the employees that I've met have been there for years mm -hmm. and years they're wonderful people so what I feel like is there was one really bad apple in charge who had the you know did this but he's not there anymore right Anyway, I okay. Would love so that's uh, that's an interesting thing. You can probably search sixty minutes and uh, eBay, and it'll come up with a link. It's like a, a few minutes long. It's interesting. At the end, they they keep a balanced report. Um, they have, uh, I guess, someone that's speaking on behalf of the defense, and goes on about well, how statements made by executives along the lines of you know, burn her to the ground. I want to see ashes you know, take her down or whatever the phrases were. It's just corporate speak and managers say that kind of stuff. And it's a, a challenge legally to take those sort of comments as proof of directing people to do certain things. Um, I mean, he was, I guess they use that, that guy to try and sort of present a balanced argument. A little tricky to sustain some of that stuff. But anyway, that's been the, the, the defense um, up until now, that if you the, the the remarks were kind of out of context and don't necessarily by themselves mean anything, um, but anyway, the the, the complaint is um, going to be responded to again second time round uh, by the various respondents. Wendy Jones now added to the list of respondents. A uh, few people may you may remember she was the head of uh, global operations when she worked for eBay. And April twenty first is our next big deadline. That is the cutoff for the responses to come in. eBay, I'm sure, will be the main architect of the response. Everybody else will say, yep, what they said, that's fine. <laughs> um, and uh, it's curious, the judge, I think because they has figured out that eBay has a, a large number of very, very expensive lawyers who could tie up this whole thing in legal arguments for months and months and months, has limited eBay to a 20-page response, uh, which is not a lot. Uh, to respond to 120-something pages of complaint, most of which is preamble, but it's it's a lot of stuff in there. So they've kind of made it a little bit harder for eBay and insist they get to the point and actually talk to the actual specific uh, elements of the, the legal case. So that'll be an interesting read when that comes out. April 21st is the date, unless it goes back. Um, and that's our next sort of big, uh, big break point on the civil case. 
Okay, uh, let's uh, let's press on here. Tell you what we'll do. We'll uh, see if we can find um, uh, someone to be a guest on the show. How about we do that? And then we'll come back and talk about where are they now? Things that eBay promoted but disappeared from sight quietly. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www. Okay, it's not going well, is it? <laughs> Does that mean time's up? <laughs> oh, well, there we are. All right. All right, let's press on. Uh, surprisingly, it's back to me all of a sudden. Okay, let's uh, talk about where are they now? <laughs> These things that eBay started, big fanfare, said this is a great idea, and uh, vanished. So the first one I thought, I, I kind of was thinking about this during the week, and you remember there was a seller council? Did you remember, Did you sign up for that? Like, it was a couple, two, three years ago. And it was different from the eBay Expressions panel. I don't know quite. Maybe a different group in eBay decided we're going to have a seller council and we're going to run things past sellers and see what they think. Got a couple of emails maybe a couple of years ago and then it quietly disappeared. I, I checked my email archive and there's been nothing on that for over a year. And they never said we, we're discontinuing it or anything. It just kind of went away. Mysterious. And your and buddy? Andrea Stairs. <laughs> The VP of Transformation Office. She is now the VP. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but of international markets. Well, she was the country. for a while was positioned as like the the, the the CMO, the chief marketing officer, I think, yeah. and chief uh, yeah. chief seller advocate or something. She kind of had a sort of unofficial subtitle. She turned up on all those uh, well, not all those, but a, a couple of seller check-in calls. And uh, was, yeah. I think, going through the process of trying to get to know sellers and understand sellers, she had a good chat with you, right? Yes. I sat right next to her when I was at eBay. Good. In San Jose. And didn't you do a video present, video walk round of your, your fine establishment? Oh, yeah. That was too. Yeah, we did. I... I did do that. That was fun. She's really wonderful. I thought she was really nice. She seemed very switched on, seemed like the kind of person that would do a nice job representing us in the organization. I think she had a speed bump. You remember that last, uh, the last seller checking call I think she did was the one where they had just got rid of the lifetime sales volumes numbers. Oh. And that obviously caught her off guard. She said, I'll, 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 I'll investigate and let come back to you. And of course, we never saw her ever again. So maybe <laughs> maybe like, that I was it. Be on these calls. It's funny because I, I think in eBay land, you know, we think as sellers, the the spending time in eBay looking after sellers is the best job on the planet. They must love that. Oh, I can't imagine it. It'd be rough. And I, I think, think in eBay, that's where they send you for punishment if you've transgressed <laughs> or not delivered your numbers or something like that, just to learn a few lessons. Uh, anyway, so yes, she was the the CMO. We we thought we had, and you were well in there. You, you were definitely had her in your Rolodex uh, and on speed dial. And unfortunately, she just vanished on us. And uh, has so I think went off to have a, a title called VP of Transformation Office, which is I don't know what that means. And now is VP of International Markets, Cross Border Trade Regulation, Operation, or something. You know. And maybe it's an important job. It could be oh, that she's driving all of those uh, new export initiatives. I'm not saying it's it's yeah. not a serious job, but you know, I, I don't know. Maybe we, we less don't see interactive it. with sellers. And on a similar vein, although we know where he is, Jordan Sweetner, he was another chap who appeared on the regular seller check-in calls, uh, said all the oh, right things, plus, and vanished. He was he would answer like every comment on oh, really? in, yes. e in this eBay Facebook group. Mm -hmm. He was, and I thought, how on earth does he have time to do that? 
And well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's doing something else now. Maybe anyway. So he's now <laughs> he 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 was he was Mister USA. He's now Mister Global, uh, which I guess is a move up. So yeah, did well. Out. Sounds like but he, it. he vanished anyway. So there we are. We we do know where he is. And what about you? What what stuff do you uh, think disappeared? Well, guaranteed delivery. What, I haven't heard anything about that. That I think from memory, kind of. I think the pandemic was a good fig leaf to lose that one. I mean, it was a yeah. shame. I thought it was a good... I liked it. I was one of the few people that liked it. I went into it big time, set up yeah. all my listings with, you know, two-day and overnight options, sold quite a few things through with the overnight guaranteed delivery. It, it did sell, oh, and I you make a, lot, make a lot of money on those, those overnight charges. But it quietly disappeared. I don't think it ever got traction fully. At one point, there was talk about... Remember that if as a seller you didn't get it out on time and it was sold under guaranteed delivery, you had to pay a penalty or you had to cover the cost of a return or some such. There was there was kind of a, a clawback or something that maybe maybe caused sellers not to opt into it. They never ended up doing that. I don't think they ever ever got around to actually doing the sort of downside of failing. Um, but nevertheless, they it just quietly went away. I I think part of the issue was that the shipping systems became so unreliable, pandemic-wise, that it yeah. had to be sort of um, given a bit of a break and, and just never came back. Shame. I, I thought it was good. I know that with the pandemic, that's when FedEx was like, you might reach us, you might not, and we're not necessarily guaranteeing any mm -hmm. uh, right. no insurance anymore. Another one that sprang to mind for me was, you know, when uh, Jamie took over as CEO, one of the things he kept saying was, we're going to be the seller platform of choice. That was one of the buzzwords. And I hadn't said that in a year, at least, I don't think. <laughs> I think, that, to be honest, they realized that's not going to happen. It's not, not, not achievable in any real sense of measurement, uh, given that I think people are complaining about, A, that all they're spending their time on is sneakers and handbags, which doesn't really help most of us. And by the way, the fees are going up for the rest of us to cross-subsidize said sneakers and handbags. And the likelihood of anyone filling in a research you know, response to questionnaire saying, yes, eBay is my seller platform of choice strikes me as quite low. So that's been quietly retired. What about free shipping? There's a new report that suggests that companies like Amazon and Walmart are struggling and resetting things like you have to have a minimum purchase amount and you know i'm it's i it's just as well amazon did this to freeze out its competitors they mm -hmm. just did free shipping i'm sure at a huge loss yeah um just to gain market share which was obviously successful and finally i i'm glad finally it's hurting their bottom line enough that maybe they'll stop doing it so much. Hmm. So, yes, I mean, there's at one point there was a big, big push. Everyone had to do free shipping. That was the they claimed was the market um, expectation, but no, never ever backed it up with any research. And, um, yeah, they've kind of got a little bit quiet on that. I do it because it's easy for me to factor in. Um, you know, why not? Just makes things simple. But a lot of people have kind of moved away from that. Another one yeah, that's it's okay for more expensive yeah, items. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's just how are you willing to kind of take a view and average it out and and build it in? It works for me. Yeah. But I guess if you're new, it's probably not a good thing to do because you can end up 
cross-subsidizing something a lot more than you originally planned to do. Another yeah. one that I think has gone fairly quiet, <coughs> I was listening out on the uh, the last investor call, The Vault, which was, you know, the, the big fancy idea. Has they they backpedaled a little bit on that. That's been quiet. I'm not saying they, they're not doing The Vault, but I did have a look at kind of, could I find stuff that was in The Vault? How 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 full is it? I think when I last looked, there was like 3,000 trading cards in there, which sounds like a lot. But then you look at how many trading cards are on the platform, let's say above $250. And there's like that represents a third of 1% of that population or something. So it's small percentage wise so far. I don't know whether they're just going quiet because it hasn't been the big ramp they expected or they just got other things they're focused on. I mean, I don't blame eBay for coming up with an innovative idea and going for it. I mean, that every you know, a lot of corporations just don't come up with ideas, and that's worse than coming up with ideas and not necessarily being right all the time. And I think from eBay's point of view, a thirty-one thousand square foot warehouse in Delaware is not not a big expense in the scheme of things. So you know, credit to them for trying. But I I, I think the sort of they're dialing back the uh the, the sort of financial analyst expectations on the vault and i think it's based around the idea was based around the notion that you could avoid sales tax for people that flip cards because it's in delaware that would then not attract sales tax but oh. i think i think most people that buy and sell stuff are probably going to be registered with their states with a sales ex tax exemption certificate so probably that main argument probably doesn't work for the people that really do this in volume and it just comes down to do you want to have the the card in your hands versus somebody else's and maybe people like to have these things on the shelf i don't know seems to be that way anyway the vault one um managed payments there was there was lots of announcements with that oh well we were always hearing there's no fee increases from managed payments of course managed payments doesn't have its own separate fee it's part of mm -hmm. it's just one final value fee it's not separate, but what I guess they're not announced talking about anymore. Right. For, you Gone know, very quiet. It was a Devin Wernie promise, so that's one they've oh, okay. walked away from. Another promise they had with, with managed payments. Oh, promoted listings. You only pay if the ad is used, but now that you're going to pay if they came in through any promoted listing. Pretty much pay regardless now. In the last 30 not days. Not good news. Another yeah. thing that they, they were big fanfare that went very quiet was, remember they were trying to get everybody, again, as we were talking about earlier, to put up their listings on, on social media. And if you use the special link, the EPN, the eBay partner, partner network, network, that's the one, uh -huh. they would then zero out the fees. Uh, Is that so, going away? I don't know. I It's gone very quiet. I don't know whether they're just doing it for people that do it and don't talk about it or whether they've walked away from that program. I don't know. I think they banned me from the EPN for life when I tried it. So um, <laughs> it's a long story. But, um, so I, I can't experiment with it here. But um, anyway, it's surprisingly quiet on something I thought they would have been pushing fairly hard. Hey, that's kind of interesting because now that eBay's inviting us to use their tool to share on social media, that probably wouldn't even qualify as bringing the person in on your own because you're using eBay's tool to do it. Yeah, maybe they figure they're just people will do it anyway for, and not and not go for the discount. Who knows? Yeah, 
All right. And then the listing quality report, mm -hmm. that is going away for sure. Is it gone yet? I think it's, they, they said they were going to get rid of it. Uh, I think it's got a slight extension, but maybe they'll just try and dial it back. But there's a lot of stuff that Harry Temkin was working on that was, I thought, interesting because he was really, I think, just trying to help us all raise our game a little bit. I mean, it's a bit of an uphill struggle, but he would come on all the seller check-in calls and he'd talk about something that they'd been developing and how we could use this to manage things better or get information we didn't know that was available. And he was kind of the personal advocate for all this stuff. And, of course, he then got a job somewhere else and he was you know, brought in by Devin because he'd worked at the same previous company. Um, maybe he didn't feel that he had a future in eBay. Who knows? Or got just got a better offer somewhere else. And that all the stuff he... Well, that happens a lot in yeah. Silicon Valley. Um, and, and the stuff that he was working on really has now been sort of, you know, it's not sort of, uh, you know, front of mind anymore. So um, that's a shame. I, I, you know, thought it was a good and bold move to try and bring us all up to speed with modern technology. But I feel we'll, we'll regress back to our normal state before too long. That might fall on your shoulders. Phil. And lastly, uh, one might from me here. I, yeah, they, all those those meetups. Pre-pandemic, there was lots of little meetups around the place, and a lot of them. And I, I'm struggling to sort of get a decent one going. You know, here in Orlando, it's hard now. Uh, a lot of people don't um, don't do these kind of networking events in person anymore. They think they want to do them all online. And oh. eBay has tried to shift uh, attention towards their own kind of meetup platform, the seller events uh, page on the site, but people just don't go there. So kind of it's it's dropped down on off the radar a little bit. Uh, and people are trying very hard, apart from the big groups that are well established. But the small groups, I think, you know, have um, kind of disappeared a little bit off the face of the earth, uh, although a few of us are trying to rectify that. All right. Anyway, that was that. <clears throat> a quick uh, thought about uh, where are they now? What's what's been uh, disappeared off the eBay radar? And uh, we thought we'd also just while we're here talk about a recent experience on, on Sherry's side about you know the pros and cons of shipping insurance. Do you want to say what you concluded or what happened for you? Yes. So very recently, I'm embarrassed to say that another piece of pottery that I shipped broke i'm also horrified and as a disclaimer i just have to tell you now that i have my bubble wrap machine oh yes i used i had like four inches of mm. bubbles all around but this thing i know this is a side track because i have to tell you what the point is but this was a 21 inch wide bowl mm. that was very uh shallow so i i just think with something that big on all sides it's um, hard to truly protect it from impact, but I had it wrapped like that, then in packing peanuts in a box that was floating in another box of peanuts, and it shattered. So you followed so, the technical way they're supposed to, you're supposed to do these things. Absolutely. To the latter. Absolutely. And I went... Um, How much went is it much it. we're talking about money-wise? Uh, it sold for $290. Okay, so decent, decent money. Yeah, and a decent amount of my time and a big, right. huge box that I had to deal with. Um, boxes that I had to deal with. It took me quite a while to pack it. Anyway, um, the when I went to file a claim on UPS, 
it makes you log in when you go online. Uh, so I logged in with an account that I have, but I bought the label through eBay. And when I entered all the information that it was requiring, it then said, we're unable to process your request. Contact your channel, something like sales channel. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact words. Because you're buying through eBay. Exactly. And they so, have the account, not you. Yes. So I called eBay and spoke to someone who's a great person. Mm. However, um, she said, we don't open claims with UPS. And I said, well, I, I know that. But they're not letting me open a claim. And, and and her position was that it was your job to open the claim. Right. She said, you need to open the claim. And I said, well, And had you insured me. it for the $300 or whatever? It, no. So just $100. So it would be just exactly, it would okay. just be for $100. And um, so she said, go to your local UPS store hmm. and ask them to do it. And I said, well, I already know because they've already told me before. They will go after a claim if they pack it. Absolutely. Which I'm not going to pay them to do. Well, also, they're, they're a franchise operation. They're not really staff members of UPS. They're, they're required under their franchise agreement to take packages and sort of carry the UPS brand, but really they're the mom and pop mail stores with a bit of UPS brown at the top, right? Right. They, they, they can't speak on behalf of the company or write checks on behalf of UPS. That's not their function. Right. And uh, when I, but I did that anyway, being that I take my shipping there every day, which is of no benefit to them, <laughs> I imagine. No. And they hate it. pre-labeled. It occupies well, their it floor space, and they get day. almost no credit, I think, from the UPS. But it's a requirement of their franchise agreement that they accept that stuff. Oh my gosh! You can, I feel you sorry can, for you can hear their teeth grinding when you walk in there with your big pile of packages and start sitting them up on their counter. Now I have to say, they they are nice to me. They they really are. But um, when I asked about that, they just gave me a phone number mm -hmm. to call, and that's when I thought, you know, I don't think that this is worth it and it's not worth my time because if you heard the show we did months ago where I talked about a UPS claim that I dealt with and I can't, I'm not going to drag you through the agony of over and over again, having to submit paperwork and it never has the information you need. And it asks you for, an account number and you have to know the trick to use part of the tracking number. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I went through that on a previous one that they had said they approved and months went by and they sent the check to mm -hmm. eBay. Mm -hmm. So I called eBay and eBay said, no, they didn't. Well, all I know is months later, I got a check in the mail with no explanation whatsoever from UPS. So the point is it's just not worth it. I am not pursuing this. And that's kind of, I think, where I got to because, for a start, the insurance rates, I don't care whether you get from UPS or a third party or wherever, are much higher, inevitably, than the actual risk of the thing getting damaged. Your damage rate or loss rate is, in my experience, very low. Hey, things right. happen, but it's low. And the insurance rate is, I don't know, let's say it's 1% to 1.5%, maybe more. And, but the damage rate is way less than 1%. So you're paying a big premium for that peace of mind for insurance. 
Um, it's a nice profitable item for them. But the problem is that if it's over $100, the UPS doesn't deal with it. They go to their loss adjuster, their insurance people get involved, and it's their job to try and you know, basically reduce the claim by taking as long as possible or being as difficult as possible or coming up with reasons why it shouldn't get paid or, or whatever the process is. And, and they've it, won. And it just takes a lot of time. And, you know, if you're doing any kind of selling and any kind of volume, you know, my system or my thought process would be the quarter in the jar approach. Every time you take an order, put a quarter in the jar. It doesn't take very long before there's enough quarters in your jar to be able to cover most claims, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, because exactly. generally speaking, if you're packing reasonably well and using proper thermal labels with barcodes and stuff, stuff doesn't really get lost very often. And it's not, uh, you know, it's not that difficult to uh, to see a world where you can you can cover all this stuff yourself. What you can't do is say to the um, uh, to the, the the purchaser that you're you're providing insurance if you're if you're doing it yourself because you're not licensed to do that. But most people don't care anyway. They know it's your risk, so they don't they don't worry about it. And from my point of view, once you once you sort of do the quarter in the jar approach, actually you don't really bother with quarters and jars because you just say, well, look, it's such a small percentage. I'll build a fraction of a percent into my price in my side of my head and just I'll just eat the loss every time. And then you don't have to go through the whole claim process. You're in charge of it. You just give the, the person the concern the refund or the credit or whatever you want to do. You're in charge of it and you just write it off and you know, you have the occasional bad day when you lose some money, but hey, that's just too bad, right? Yeah. So I think my personal view is shipping insurance is not the best value of both money. I uh, agree. If unless it would wipe you out, I wouldn't bother with it. Uh, if if it makes you feel comfortable and, and more reassured, stick some money aside over a period of time, or a percentage, or a quarter in a jar, or whatever you want to do. Um, yeah. But that's that's the way to go. Yeah rather than paying someone else to do it because it's just yeah. it's just it's just margin and by the way they'll give you a hard time i mean i know some companies are better than others but you know why bother fedex used to be good which is why i only shipped bigger items with fedex as opposed to ups mm -hmm. but ever since covid they've uh not participated anymore and 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 i had to fight just as hard for a claim with them during like 2020 so it, they're they're all like that very good okay thanks for that if you have a uh, experience or thoughts as to whether or not you agree or disagree with us or ideas for solving that kind of problem uh, please do get in touch you can do that before we come back next time uh, the website is sell 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 dot online there's emails there phone numbers you can get in touch we'd love to hear from you and about that or indeed uh, anything else and uh, just uh, some stuff to maybe do over the next week uh, sherry Yes, let's see. Uh oh, what what am I supposed to say? <laughs> you were going to plug so uh, Griff, the Griffcast, the uh, the oh, eBay, yes. the business podcast, because we get a mention. Yes, and um, <laughs> our our own Philip is on the eBay for Business podcast this week. So listen up. Learn yes, there's a, some old geezer things. on the eBay for a business podcast talking about selling I'm personally high very value excited items. about it. Uh, anyway, so towards the back end of that interview, uh, we give ourselves... And by the way, if you're listening as a result of that, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us and also for the, the, joining the eBay thing. That's, uh, that's nice of you to do that. Hopefully you'll stick around and do more of that in the future. Uh, also, if you uh, are local to where I am in Orlando, uh, we have another one of our little uh, 
uh, get-togethers, informal, happy hour chit-chat, uh, maybe exchange ideas, solve each other's problems, whatever. Uh, that is taking place on the 25th of April. It's a Tuesday night. Hopefully you can see us there at the uh, the Firebirds Grill. And that's about it for this week. So this is Philip saying thanks ever so much indeed for joining us. Yes, thank you for being here. And uh, we'll see you next time and during the week at sellsellsell.online. And this is Fake Announcer Guy saying, see you next time. He always likes to get the last word. Oh, I know. He Which, likes to win. You better kind of try and stop that.